Hello and welcome to Falmouth Vineyard's audio podcast. We're really grateful that you're joining us today. Our vision is to see Cornwall coming alive through the hope and freedom that Jesus brings. To find out more about who we are or how to connect with us, visit falmouthvineyard.org. We'd love to hear from you. So just wanted to say a huge welcome families of those who have been dedicated this morning. We are so pleased you're with us. Or if you're just visiting or down for the week, just enjoying half term in Cornwall, I hope the weather improves. Um, it's a little bit stormy. I think the surf's meant to be really good this week, so that'll be good. Um, and I know for some of you, the main event is over, okay? And you're just going to have to sit there and wait for your lunch. And I promise to make this super duper short. Um, under 20 minutes, which as a preacher, oh my goodness, this was tough. So I hope it feels... Good, even though it's short. Um, we absolutely believe that children are a gift of God. Psalm 127 says they are, and we might need to be reminded of this, a real blessing. Having said that, I recognize that in the room, there will be many emotions around a dedication service. Some people will feel loss and grief at a service like this. We do not believe the family is the pinnacle of Christian existence. So I just want to say that right from the beginning. I know that this will be a hard service and a hard morning for some of you, but it is part of the life of the church. Undoubtedly, it's hard to ignore the fact that this church has a lot of children. That's why it feels calmer now and more peaceful, <laughs> because they've gone to the sail loft for their church. Last Sunday was pretty busy. We had 26 over in Sparklers, eight in the kindling room, and seven over at Wildfires. That's 41 kids. That is bigger than most churches in the UK. Um, it's worth calling out that God is doing something within this community, and he has gifted us children. We have always, right from the beginning of the life of the church, prioritized kids' church. Um, for those that don't know, we planted this vineyard church in 2018. Um, at the very beginning, we wanted to invest in and honor the children in the life of the church. It's meant to be, it's meant that we have at times chosen venues and settings and types of meetings around the needs of the children as much as the adults. And we know for some of you, you started coming to this church because of the kids' provision, especially during lockdown with Joe's incredible kids' boxes of activities. And for some of you, you would have stuck around because of that. Now, some of you might think, this is church. And over there in the sail lofts, they're just looking after the kids. Well, I'll let you into a secret. It's absolutely the other way around. They are having church. They are learning, growing, worshipping, creating, praying for each other over there. And I've just got the job of looking after the adults. Um, think about how teachable, moldable, inquisitive, creative, and flexible kids are. Now think, who's got the harder role this morning? Me or the kids team? Um, it's a tough, tough job. So if I was going to describe the experience of my family, and this is comp completely hypothetical, this is not a real life example, because I know you're not meant to use your own family in the talk. So this, just imagine this is a, a random family. I've thought of this <laughs> scenario. You, you may recognize it. Do you remember those simple days when you could literally decide to go out, put your coat on and go? Well, if you've got kids, it's not that simple. You might feel like you're nearly there. You've had breakfast, they've played a bit, they've brushed their teeth even, which sometimes that is just like 
pinnacle of achievement. They found roughly two socks that fit and match-ish. Um, they, they are roughly near where their shoes are. And all you have to do to get over the line is put their shoes on, their coats on, and get out the door. It's not that difficult. And eventually, your older kids get the hang of this after maybe a lot of encouragement, maybe the threat of removing Minecraft. Hypothetically, hypothetically, choose another app of your choice. Taking the iPad away, threatening to take the TV away, threatening all screen time removal, cancelling birthday parties and Christmas. That's, those are the regular things that get... Anyway, that's just, this is hypothetical. hypothetical. And you think you're nearly there. And so the two older kids go out and get into the car and you turn around and the youngest, and this is obviously hypothetical, instead of putting their boots off on, has decided that it would be a better idea to take all of their clothes off. <laughs> and you're back to square one and just thinking, oh, life used to be so simple. That is entirely a hypothetical. It's never actually happened to me. Uh, so that's why I quite often on a Sunday morning congratulate families on just getting to church. Because sometimes, especially on a Sunday morning, it is blooming difficult. So I thought we'd look at really briefly at the passage that is printed on the dedication certificates this morning. They've all got this verse, this passage to take away. And it's from Matthew's Gospel. And it's where Jesus has some stern words for his disciples. So if you've got a Bible, take a look at Matthew chapter 19. You can scroll or you can turn to Matthew chapter 19, verse 13. And if you haven't got one, don't worry. By the wonder of technology, it will come up behind me. It just says this. Then people brought their little children. Hello. How you doing? To Jesus, for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Verse 14, Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. I just want to take three really quick, simple points from this passage this morning. Have you ever thought about how incredibly welcoming Jesus is? In this passage, parents bring their children to Jesus for him to bless and pray for them. But the disciples thought that the parents shouldn't bother Jesus with their children. This was for the grown-ups. It was for the adults. Children should be seen and not heard. They can speak when they're spoken to and only when they're 18. Jesus rebukes the disciples. How dare they try and decide who can come to Jesus to be blessed? We as a church have been given this awesome privilege of having a large amount of children, and we have been tasked with sharing the good news of Jesus with them. But this isn't just the church's responsibility. My kids, someone's kids, have started playing netball and football. They play in school teams. They play in local clubs. They practice midweek, and they have matches at the weekend. They also practice at home in the garden. We've tried to start watching football matches and netball matches, which you can get on YouTube, so that they can see professionals in all their glory and all their ridiculousness when it comes to footballers, their strength, agility, positioning, accuracy. It's been really helpful. Is teaching netball and football the school's responsibility? Is it the club's responsibility? Or is it our responsibility? Yes. Yes is the answer. It is all of our responsibility. I can see their play improve as they practice with me in the garden. I've taught B some incredible netball moves that are all completely illegal, but very, very funny. She's like, Dad, you can't do that on the pitch. I'm like, why is one? You can always try it. So, um, over the back, into the hoop. Anyway, so 
I don't understand all the rules of netball, so that's where we kind of get it wrong. Anyway, in, it's the same with our children's faith, isn't it? We can't just drop them off on a Sunday morning and expect them to have everything they need to develop in their faith in one and a half hours on a Sunday morning. As parents and as the church family, we are all modeling faith all the time. During church, it's caught and taught. And I remembered as I grew up, all the aunties and uncles that we had, which actually weren't technically aunties and uncles. But I can remember when I'd made a decision to follow Jesus at a summer camp, and I was probably about 10 or 11 years old, the first person I phoned after getting back from the camp was my auntie Sue. But she wasn't actually my auntie. She was just a friend of the family that babysat all the time. But she was so integral into our lives as children. She was one of the family. So I would love to encourage you as parents and as the church family to invest in the faith of our kids, in the, of the children. There are some great resources for you as families. Now, Jesus Storytime Bible, Indescribable, some of the Louis Giglio books, Lectio for Kids. There's tons of tons of resources available. And you can ask the kids teams for their recommendations as well. But we absolutely view the church as a family. And the Bible talks about it as being the household of God. And in that image, there is a sense of not just the biological mum, dad, kids, but the wider household, everyone associated with the house, not just the parents and children. There's an African proverb that says, it takes a village to raise a child. And we are all part of that village. We are all involved in modeling, demonstrating what a vibrant faith looks like. And I think it's more important now than ever COVID has robbed some of these children of two years of normal social development at school, taken away two years of birthday parties and special occasions. Church is an incredible environment in which they could learn about God and play together, make friends, where they can discover identity and the fact that they are deeply loved by God. They can discover the gospel, that God literally sacrificed himself for them so that they can have a renewed, close friendship with their creator we can be like the disciples we can restrict access to jesus for our kids or we can help them there is an invitation here and it's not just for parents it takes a village to raise a child deuteronomy in the old testament chapter 6 verse 4 says this hear o israel the lord our god the lord is one love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength these commandments that i give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. And the picture painted here is this lifestyle of faith and stories about God rather than a classroom setting. Almost like revision post-it notes dotted around your house. But instead of Pythagoras, it's verses from the Bible. Verse 9 says, write them on your gates. The whole community, in the whole word of God, the whole village has these words of God written on them. How can we get involved then? How can you get involved more in the life of the church? I've mentioned that we have a lot of kids over in the sail loft every Sunday morning and in kindling in here. And the wildfires group is growing as well. Our team numbers haven't quite kept up with the number of children coming along. And this has been especially difficult, like post-COVID. So it's looking like we're going to have to separate 
the group for sparklers for Key Stage 1 and Key Stage 2 to help them be with closer age children on a Sunday morning. And to do that safely, we're going to need some more team leaders and we're going to need some more team members. As always, with all the teams in the life of the church, we ask that people just serve one Sunday a month. Now, you might be thinking, I can't do that. I don't do kids. Don't disqualify yourself. It's not just for parents and no experience is necessary. We just want people that can have fun, nurture faith and invest in the lives of our children to play your part in this village. And my goal, honestly, brutally, is to recruit 10 new team members this morning. One of the areas, I know, it's a big target, isn't it? Look around, who's going to be? I'm going to come after you all. So, and one of the areas we've really tried to strengthen over the last year since COVID and since we've started meeting and gathering together has been safeguarding. We had a training session in May. The policy has just been updated wonderfully by Nikki. Um, you can find a summary policy on our website. If you're on any team within the life of the church, like Grow Baby, Squidlets, or Vineyard Kids, you have a link to the safeguarding policy and document on your church suite logon. That's for vineyard, that's for kids, grow baby, and squidlets as well. It's absolutely vital that we as a church provide a safe and secure environment for our kids to learn about Jesus. Every team member is DBS checked and interviewed to make sure that we know their background. The joining the team process must be robust and secure. I can remember telling this to one of the um one of the other dads, and he's like, actually, I feel really reassured that you would take this this seriously. And we really do. Joining a team isn't just a discipline, it's part of discipleship. If you know you're unable to get involved on the team, there are two other ways which you could invest in. Pray. Pray for our kids and pray for our leaders. Commit to praying for them regularly. Ruth was telling me a story of a couple in their church when they were growing up that literally had the names of the children within the life of the church and committed to pray weekly, daily for kids within the life of the church and seeing in that investment in prayer in their lives and seeing what happened in their lives and being a real part of their lives just through prayer. Commit to pray for them. Pray that they would meet Jesus and invite them into their hearts. Second, give. You might think, that's a weird one. Give, really? Ministry costs money. It's a brutal fact. Resources, training, material, heating nowadays, furniture, it all costs money. So if you're not, if you haven't thought about giving, this might be an opportunity to start giving, whether it's regularly or as part of a one-off gift. And if you're already giving, we just always want to say thank you. We love the generosity of the church. As the church grows, it costs more, like the budgets have to grow. My sense is that if we keep, um, if children and families keep coming towards us, we will probably need to start making more space as well. But the church has to exist to bless its non-members. It's for those yet to come rather than those that are in the doors. So if you can join the team, you can all definitely pray and some of you may be able to give three ways that you can get involved. And I just want to finish, and I told you this was a short talk, by looking at the last thing that Jesus says in this passage. Because you might be thinking, well, I don't want to miss out on this. I don't want to miss out on the Sunday worship experience. Matthew 19 verse 14 says this, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. There is no junior Holy Spirit. 
Not only that, but the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven belong to such as these. You notice what that means. It's not just about the kids experiencing the kingdom of God, which we 100% believe that it's possible. We 100% believe that they will see the inbreaking of heaven in signs and wonders, exercising the gifts of tongues, of prophecy and healing. But even if we pause there, which is pretty incredible, isn't it? Our kids can prophesy. They can pray for each other for healing. They can have words of knowledge. But that's not all that Jesus is talking about in this passage. Jesus said the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Such as these. What if actually we could learn from the attitude of children when it comes to our faith and relationship with God? Children trust. Children question. Children try. They don't care so much what other people think. What they do over in the sale is just as faith-building as listening to a talk and worshipping over here. Maybe the kids' team over in the sale loft actually have the best teachers there is to offer on faith, the kids. In the previous chapter in the Gospel of Matthew, in chapter 18, the disciples were again getting it wrong. They were arguing about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So Matthew 18, verse um, 2, I think it is, just says, He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Now, I don't know about you, but that challenges me. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. We want to be a church that welcomes children and their parents and grandparents and carers and their friends because we want to be a church that welcomes Jesus. Revelation, Jesus says he stands at the door and knocks. There is an invitation this morning, church, to join the team if you can. Pray for the kids in the life of the church and for their parents and give so that we can continue to provide for those yet to come.